the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. An amnesia God was born in Bethlehem's manger. That's the great emptying that occurred for us. You can't tell me that didn't hurt heaven. To see the Son of God reduced to that. To grow up and become one of us to save us. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, make sure that you call us at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is there right now to take your prayer request and to pray with you. 888-244-HOPE. Today's message with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is a part of the Cosmic Controversy series. In fact, it is number 17, entitled The Alien Intervention. The last time we were together, we brought you the first portion of this message. We will conclude it here now. Again, The Alien Intervention, number 17 in the Cosmic Controversy series. And you can find the entire series online at reachingyourheart.com. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. God says the kingdom principle is like a seed that comes and overtakes the world. It doesn't mingle and mix to the degree that it loses its distinctive force and power. Christ said to Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. In John 18, 36, Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, he says, My servants would fight. You know, angels not only are capable of impatience over centuries, They're capable of fatigue. They can actually fight for righteousness when called to do so. He said, my servants would fight that I might not be handed over to the Jews, but my kingship is not from this world. Now, when we were children, we used to have games that were highly dangerous. Now, I want to tell the children here, it's glad they're in Super Sabbath. Don't do this. We used to take our BB guns and play war, and the rules were you couldn't shoot above the waist. Well, after I hit someone the first time, it was time to quit. I'm shocking you. Well, I wasn't a Christian, you know. We were just doing crazy stuff out there. Please come back to church next week. I'm advising the kids not to do this. Don't do it. I think they've moved up in recent years to airsoft guns. But I tell you, these, I can't stand these airsoft guns. Where they have these pellets, they get into the water. We have a 600-hour washing machine. My son brought these airsoft little BBs, which are little plastic BBs. They got in his clothes. They, they run the, the machine. So get those things out of your house. Uh, We're banning them in the future. I don't want to have them around. Now, Jesus basically told Pilate that he was the commander of heaven's army. He wasn't using airsoft pellets or BBs. I mean, real material, real weapons that could deal with evil. And when David was hiding out, ready to go to war with the Philistines, you probably remember the story. The Lord told him to wait until he heard the sound of marching on the top of the balsam trees. Do you remember that story? It's in 2 Samuel 5, 23. And when he heard heaven's army marching on the tops of the trees, it was time to engage the enemy and fight because God had gone before him into war. Let me prove it to you. Let me read you the verse. 2 Samuel 5, 23. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up 
go around to their rear and come upon them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then bestir yourself, for then the Lord has gone out before you to smite the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and smote the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. I mean, you don't want to fight your battles in life without heaven's army marching over your enemy's head. You don't want to engage the enemy unless you engage an army on your side that can march in the top of the trees because the spiritual battle you fight is not with flesh and blood. It's with principalities and powers. And God said, David, you can't win unless our army is in the top of the trees dealing with that unseen army first. So who was Jesus before he was the baby of Bethlehem? Christ was the commander of the Lord's army. He told Pilate, my soldiers can fight. He was the commander of the Lord's army. Joshua met him just before he conquered Jericho. And Jesus said, I am the captain of the Lord's army. And Joshua bowed down and worshipped him. There was nothing wrong with that act because Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. Even though he was the guardian protector in angel form, he was the second person of the deity, eternal God. And you can worship Jesus and it's okay to call on him as the Lord. The angelic army of heaven gave up their commander to become a baby. The heavenly prince who was in charge of God's army relinquished his power to come to here. Now for one moment, let us consider what it must have felt like to lose him. Unfallen beings knew that he was God, but they also knew that he was their brother, the bright and morning star, the commander of the Lord's army. And when they followed God, they followed him. Lucifer's attack on God was an attack on him. He attacked God through him when Jesus disappeared from angel realm, to never live there again in just the same way. They were crushed and saddened by this loss. They would never see him in the way that he was ever again. Whoever he was back then, they knew that he would never appear that way exactly the same way. There was a loss that they experienced. They would have to rediscover him in a different way. They would have to find him in different form. They would have to grow comfortable with him in a different fashion. It was like losing a member of the family. The coming of Jesus was not a step up for him. It was a giant leap down for everyone. Christ came to the kingdom of ants to be an ant and left the giants far behind to save the ants. The army of heaven, the family of heaven, gave up their finest, their tallest, their most beautiful, and their best so that they could save us. You can't tell me the angels didn't lose it and weep bitterly as Jesus said farewell to his friends to dematerialize into a human zygote that would form after nine months into a baby with no memory of the past. An amnesia God in the manger is what was there until it could dawn on him that he was in fact the eternal son of God. He took the plunge into the womb to save a world that needed to be born again and born from above and so he must be born again to bring about the new birth. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3.13 the truth. No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Now think about it. Lucifer was cast out of heaven because he wanted to be like the Most High in power. But Jesus got on the board, you know, the diving board. And he wasn't cast out of heaven. He leaped out of heaven. He took the plunge from heaven to here because that is what the most high God is like in attitude. Lucifer wanted to be like him in power. He wanted to look good, to appear important, to have position. But Jesus took the plunge and lost it all because that is what God is like in attitude. 
Jesus is the answer to the question, can God give? Jesus told Nicodemus that God can give. God can give. Satan is wrong, Nicodemus. God can give. John 3.16, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever, I don't know about you, that whoever is good news. It doesn't mean the beautiful and the proud and the privileged. It means the whoever. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave. <laughs> you know, pause it there. For God so loved the world that he gave. That means his law is sound. That means the primordial presupposition of a moral law, which is selflessness, is sound in God himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his. So he didn't give somebody else's something. He gave from himself his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Dear heart, God so loved the world that he gave Jesus to you. Dear heart, God loved you more than he loved himself. And that is why he gave us Jesus. Heaven's commander became Bethlehem's baby. An amnesia God in a manger to save us from sin. The book of Revelation reveals that the heavenly Jerusalem cried out in her pangs of birth and anguish for delivery. The break from heaven was hard. It fractured heaven. God so loved that he gave and it hurt to give. It didn't just hurt God. It hurt the whole family of heaven to give us Jesus. Angels are unselfish beings by nature, but their characters are the acquisition of choice and of decision. And they made the decision to let him go. They made the decision to sacrifice. They worship a God they know now that can give till it hurts into eternity. And they gave because they worship a God like that. Gabriel had a hard time getting people to get excited about the coming of Jesus that first Christmas. He was E.T. on edge. But one person was a joy to work with, and that's why heaven chose her as the mother of Jesus. Turn with me to Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. That's like saying the Secretary of State was sent to visit Nome, the North Pole, or the Galapagos Islands, or some insignificant island in the middle of Micronesia that doesn't have status. Significance here meets insignificance in this meeting. Power encounters the powerless. Privilege greets and meets the underprivileged. In brief, Gabriel was sent to the ghetto of Nazareth to inform a young teenager that E.T. was interested in this little girl from the ghetto that first Christmas. Now the angel Gabriel was sent in verse 27, it says, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph and of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, what makes someone special in God's eyes? I mean, sometimes we get different ideas in church. Well, you're special because, you know, you're the preacher or you're an elder. Maybe you're special because your dad works in the general conference building or you're special because your parents are missionaries or because you've achieved this great good and end. And in this greeting, the highest angel in heaven, very likely the one that took Lucifer's place, shows the deepest respect for a poor little girl who has no future at all. I mean, that's what Christmas is about. I mean, there you have the, the insight into how the heavenly universe views us and our struggle. Except that she might marry a man considerably older than herself. That was probably the best thing going for her. 
But in most people's eyes, that wouldn't be some good either. There's strong Bible evidence that Joseph had children from a previous marriage. Now, I don't want to argue that definitively here, but there's strong Bible evidence. Why would Mary be taken by a man who had already been married and was widowed? Well, I think you probably know the implication, what it is. The pretty girls get the best boys, don't they? All right? And the men of poor character care more about how they look than who they are, correct? All right. See, what makes a, a girl beautiful is not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside. And what defines beauty is not trying to make yourself look like one of these emaciated models from Hollywood, which is struggling with anorexia and erosa. Now, if someone here is struggling with that, God loves you. He loves them too. But that's not what makes you beautiful. What makes you beautiful is who you are by faith on the inside. And a Christian smile is worth much more than anything you can put on the outside. The pretty girls get the best boys in a world kingdom system. But the girls of faith are naturally attracted and, and men of faith are attracted to them. Mary was evidently not one of the pretty girls that the young girls' boys got. Gabriel came to Mary who was about to marry Heaven doesn't care if you're pretty or not on the outside. Heaven cares if you care about heaven. Gabriel said, Hail, favored one. Mary was favored because the Lord was with her, not because she was pretty necessarily. The pretty that, makes, that matters to God is the beauty that is on the inside, that has faith in God, that wants to follow God. Now, we're not talking about perfection here. We're talking about faith. Because faith will take you from a fallen state, from a failed state into an acceptable state, but faith is the acceptance of God in your life. And this young lady of faith was someone God could work with. And wherever faith is found, be it in the privileged or not, God can work there. If you're with God on the inside, you have heaven's access to power, prestige, and privilege in Jesus, whether you think so or not. Hail Mary, favored one, Gabriel said. The name Gabriel means in Hebrew, mighty man of God. Imagine that 12-foot angel dressed in armor, shining with fire in his eyes, with high-tech toys all over his body because he's an angel in a class 5 civilization with a lightsaber in his hand, longer than the one Luke Skywalker had, and with magnificent wings rising to the air like pillars of grand and glorious temple, standing over a little girl not sure who has just snuck into her room. That's the picture. Every photographer worth his or her salt, would love to have taken that photograph. Wouldn't you like to just snapshot that? Here's mighty Gabriel. Here's little Mary looking up, going, what are you doing here? They represented two sides of the universe so long at odds with each other. The unfallen and the fallen. The strong and the weak. The powerful and the insignificant. The rich and the poor. Mary and the mighty man of God, face to face, they met just before Jesus was born. I mean, the whole Old Testament never had a picture like this. This is something. This is the moment when Jesus will disappear from angel land to never appear again in just the same way. This is the moment where the kenosis occurs, the self-emptying of Christ, where he will empty himself of the prerogatives of deity, where he will vanish from the universe as he has been to appear in a new way. He was no doubt the unseen third person standing in that room waiting for Mary to make her decision to receive the Savior of the world. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. 
we step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Luke 1, 29, but she was greatly troubled at the saying. And considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. That's another way of saying, what are you doing in my room? Why me? Why here? Why now? Verse 20. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, you don't find something you don't seek after in life. Am I right? If you find favor with God, you must seek favor with God. That means she was a person of prayer. That means she made it her business to go after God in her life, not to have God find her, but for her to find God. And so she found favor with God. Verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Now, she never knew greatness in life. She was a person that was totally foreign to the ideas of greatness. But here she is told, Your son will be great. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. No king ever arose in Israel like the one that was coming. Mary was a foretaste of every child of God who was born again. The Holy Spirit came upon her when she believed. The power of the Most High overshadowed her when she accepted Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that Jesus is the power of the Most High God in the life of those that are weak. If you want power, you need Jesus. Jesus is the power of God into salvation because Jesus is the gospel. You cannot separate the good news from the one who is the good news. Romans 1, Paul says that Jesus is the gospel. In Romans 1, he also says that Jesus is essentially the power of God through the gospel for salvation to everyone who has faith. In Matthew, Jesus said, All power has been given me. At that very moment when she believed... At the moment when she accepted heaven's invitation, the guardian protector of the Jewish nation became a human cell. Christ's power overshadowed her, and suddenly he vanishes from eternal realms into simple society with the human family. Gabriel must have seen Jesus at that moment disappear from angel land and never be seen again in the same way. A groan and a cry, the book of Revelation says, was heard in the highest heaven as the commander of the Lord's army took his armor off. He laid his lightsaber down. He stepped out of his royal shoes. He took his high-tech toys and put them aside. He took the crown off and he set his wings aside. And then he emptied himself of all the power of eternity that had created every atom, every electron, every quark, every other thing that can be theorized or known to be real. And he silently slipped into his mother's womb. In the Greek of Philippians 2, it is called the kenosis, which means the emptying. And all that was left of him, all that was left of the second person of the Godhead, was identity. An amnesia God 
was born in Bethlehem's manger. That's the great emptying that occurred for us. You can't tell me that didn't hurt heaven. To see the Son of God reduced to that. To grow up and become one of us to save us. Luke 1, 38, Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Before Mary would marry, she would be the mother of a son without Joseph. She was the first and only woman in the history of the world to save a son without a human father. And her son is the son of God that holds the whole world in his hands, his nail-pierced hands today. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Is there really any good excuse not to believe? I ask you this question today. Is there, in light of the gift, is there any real excuse not to believe? Jesus is the proof that God can give. He is the answer in the great controversy with evil. He is the proof that God can give and that God is love and that God's law is sound. God is our Father and Jerusalem above is our mother and she is free. The heavenly city was in cries of anguish as she also gave us Jesus. And angels gave him up so we would know the joy, the eternal joy of a brother who is one of us. Is one of us. He lost his identity there in part to become more of us than them. Have you ever walked through a door? Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever walked through a door? How many of you walked through a door? Raise your hand if you qualify. Okay, the rest of you have never lived. How'd you get here? We have doors, okay? Well, if you walk through a door... Have you noticed that when you walk through the door, you can sometimes forget what you came in to get? Now, this is universal to all human beings. It doesn't mean you have early Alzheimer's or anything like that, dementia. It's just how it is. And they figured out why just recently, in a recent article, the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology, they've been trying to figure out why does this happen? You see, in the mind, somehow the, the brain is wired this way. A door represents what they call an event boundary in the mind. And that's when the mind files away the old as it encounters the new. So as you move through an event boundary, it is natural to forget. So how many of you have lots of doors in your houses? Well, the trick is knock the doors out, have one big room, and you won't forget anything. Okay, come on. Now think what this means for Jesus. When Christ left angel realm, he walked through a door that would change him forever. And he forgot the world he, he left behind for a time because it was an event boundary for him. He had to discover who he was in human form. And how do we know that? Because he told the disciples, he said this, no one knows the day nor the hour, not even the Son. His omniscience to a degree was quiescent or it was subdued. He had to grow up and discover who he was. He had to learn by faith to walk as a son of man. He didn't have this superman power at his disposal by choice until he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. It was God's power working in him to heal, not his own power working in him to heal. In time, he made the discovery that he was much more than human, but the temptation was there to use that power. And he also made the decision as a human being to die for the world that he came to save. Now, it would have been far easier for an angel to bear the sins of the world on the cross of Calvary. It would have been much easier, but Jesus did it in human form. Sustained by heavenly power, he did it in human form. Mary had only a faint idea who that baby inside her womb would be one day. Philippians 2, 6-8. As you look for a meaningful life this Christmas, consider Jesus and who he is. 
Consider the kenosis, the selfless attitude of Jesus, which is the principle within God's holy law, who though he was in the form of God, Paul writes, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. And the great controversy between good and evil, between God and Satan, Satan was cast out of heaven to win the war and bring us back to God. Jesus took the leap. He stood on the diving board. And he left angel land to become Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the alien intervention that can save you. Yes, he is a son of man, but he is something we need that's so different than who we are. And he came here to be one of us. And dear heart, that alien intervention can save your life every day of your life. This Christmas, this Christmas, come to Jesus. Come to him and stay there. That will conclude number 17 in the Cosmic Controversy series, The Alien Intervention. If you've missed any of these messages, they are available for you at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Fenley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Again, you can listen to this broadcast online at reachingyourheart.com in its entirety along with the rest of the Cosmic Controversy series. And join us again next time. We so appreciate you listening. For Pastor Michael Oxentenko and everyone here, we do pray that God is reaching your heart. <laughs> 